I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep, the podcast where two brothers watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. Welcome to today's episode in which we watched Nomadland. Nomadland is the new movie from director Chloe Zhao, starring Frances McDormand following the a year in the life of a woman who has fallen into a nomadic lifestyle across the American West. If you're interested in watching this movie before you listen to our conversation, you can find it streaming now on Hulu. And now we're going to cut to our conversation that Mitchell and I have already had about Nomadland. Let's do it. Yeah, I think I think what we're talking, what you're talking about, is being able to uh, just be resting in recreation or in in yourself and not need it to have any extra meaning beyond that. Mm. It doesn't need to be any more meaningful than this is recreation. This is just purely for enjoyment or refreshment or renewal or or, or whatever it is. It's hard to convince myself of that. I mean, and this could be a good segue into the pod because, like, it's hard to convince myself of, oh, like, this book is just going to enrich me personally. That's why I mm-hmm. should take time to engage with it and, I don't know, have an activity that doesn't have a necessary means to an end, you know? How I'm connecting that to Nomad Land, like, to me and why, the, why I enjoyed the movie it's because I was just getting so lonely and so um, scared of passing away. Not literally death, but like the memory uh, mm. of me or my life or my family, you know? Mm. Like, like that's why it's hard for me to do something or justify recreation in a way that isn't going towards, you know, work. Producing? Yeah, because it, it's just gone. At, the, at that point it's just for me I don't know like like uh, like a said, quick example like like I'm reading that George Saunders book and I actually love him and I love his writing and I love these short stories but in my head I'm yeah. like oh I should be reading a book that has some sort of um, self-help or or practical application to yeah. everyday life because I don't know that will contribute to more money or more output yes i don't know you know i so i'm reading i just started reading the other george saunders his new book um what's it called again it's called a swim in a pond in the rain and it's a weird book because it's not little little, not any of little blade runner reference tears in the rain yeah <laughs> these memories will fade <laughs> Right, something like that. Uh, yeah, no, that that's that is the monologue. That's the Roy Batty monologue, um, which he improved. I just learned the it, other day. Yes, yes. So I'm reading George Saunders. I started this um, yesterday. Swimming upon in the rain, and it's a weird book uh, from him too, because it's not his fiction. There, there's no fiction of his in it. It's not a novel. It's not his short stories, but it's seven short stories from kind of the Russian masters. In, in literature and then he he kind of gives his commentary that he's worked out already through teaching at a master's level russian lit or short russian short stories for 20 plus years and and what his goal is is to uncover and teach how to how to write how to read how to be a better reader and then also what really just kind of uncovering what these with these stories and storytelling in general tells us about life and I was reading the first story. So he includes um, the stories. He includes the text of the story. That's correct. That's great. And the first story, actually, he even kind of switches up the, the style or the, the formula by giving you just a single page of the short story. And then he interrupts it with his commentary and then back to a single page because he really wants you to get a feel for what it is. And it's this short story from Chekhov called In the Cart. And, you know, it just kind of starts with this a school teacher in a small rural town who is in a horse horse drawn cart uh, doing what has become just the most routine mm. ride to and from town and 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 he describes the monotony of this that 
even though it is winter just becoming spring, the weather is warm, there's such beauty, she doesn't care because she knows every every turn in the road and it is just utter monotony to her. It's COVID. And it's, it is COVID. It is, you know, so much of the routine that we've been living through. But I read that yesterday and then I watched Nomad, Nomadland last night. And that was so immediately what I was seeing in, even in this film, the, the kind of routine monotony of these nomads and, you know, the, the annual pilgrimage to the Amazon, you know, camper force warehouse that and it's just the same things over and over and over again and amazon the store <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah not not but and, and it's funny because the movie is filled with such beauty of the american west mm. it, images of i mean just huge expansive vistas um of where the lead character goes and 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 all of that but but so often the characters are caught up in the monotony of getting through the day and getting through their lives that I, I, I think that um, there's less of they're, they're not seeing it as much. Um, and there are mm. there are moments where there are moments that are significant where characters really get actually actually observe the beauty um, that's around them. All that to say, I thought, wow, this was really valuable for me and enriching that I read this Chekhov story that I read Saunders commentary on the story. And now I'm watching this movie and I'm engaging in the movie in a different way than I would have Mm. had I not done that. And then my next thought was, yeah, but don't I just sound like a pretentious guy because I read Chekhov this week and I watched a movie (laughs) like, like, and what use Russian literature, art house movies. (laughs) Yeah. Russian literature, art house, anyone like, and, and I'm just so repelled by that. You're like, because hey, I I, I'm building it. myself up into a pretty impressive personality here. I don't know if you have noticed. And it's not even it's not even you're reading Russian literature. You're reading commentary on Russian literature. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. next level. Yeah, it's even better. Well, whatever. It's just, I mean, it sounds stupid. Um, and, and and to what end and what, what why is it worthwhile? And it's worthwhile because it's enriching. I, and I got to be okay with that. And mm. I think that's where I kind of ultimately come down on. Hmm. What about... So moving on just into full-on Nomadland mode, what what was enriching about this movie for you? Because I have my letterbox score, and yeah. I kind of went back and forth. I thought I didn't like it for a while. Like, I, I can acknowledge the beauty and the acting and, and some of the feelings, but I, I, was, I was wrestling with this isn't – this is very cyclical and feels like the characters don't change and feels like there's no story and that and you know it feels like there was a lot of potential that didn't go somewhere but then i i sat with the movie a a bit more today and i i changed my review so like when you think about nomadland watching that last night which we both did what what was what was enriching what was what was this movie about for you I was really initially captivated by the movie. I I was just really taken by it. And for me, I think that is a uh, the way that the film builds empathy for these characters, really kind of invites you into that. And part of the part of the power of the movie is that most of the characters are played by real nomads mm. real people who live this way basically playing fictionalized versions of themselves what's the youtube guy's name uh i don't remember I, he yeah, he I don't, felt I he felt very like i i think he might actually be a youtube star for the no he is yeah for this nomad life yeah uh bob wells bob wells um and and they basically they just played themselves um yes uh, it's, Frances McDormand plays Fern, and obviously she is not a nomad. Which, great name. Fern, I know. Yeah. And then David Strathairn plays David, the man that she connects with. And and he's the only kind of other professional actor in in the film. Wild. Um, And and there's just these kind of lingering scenes in which these nomads are just telling stories. And, And I don't know where the lines between reality and fiction are. 
um, the, there's a, a scene early in the movie in which a friend of Fern's is describing just the uh, just the, the loss that she experienced during the economic crisis 2007 2008 she was losing her home I believe and what she was drawn into was I'm, I'm gonna kill myself and this is how I'm gonna do it mm. and it was so and she, casual and it was so casual and 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 just kind of you know and she obviously didn't do that and she's found a lot of meaning in the nomad life um but i am like i don't know i don't know what of that story is fiction or not and i just find such deep empathy for for stories like this and for people like this um and for i mean just for people in general but there's real pain and loss and grief mm. that come from uh you know in the, in the context of this movie it's the economic crisis of 08 but watching it in the context of covid watching it in the context yes. of what's happening right now in the world and and not just that because there was there's a lot of that i mean where there's a lot of economic anxiety in the country right now which is really felt in the film but you know there's a scene early too where fern you know she's she lives in her van and she's you know gonna stay overnight at a like a travel aid or kind of gas a station bit, a larger scale gas station kind of a deal and the manager comes out and fern thinks oh they're gonna kick me off they know i asked somebody they said i could stay here overnight and the woman says hey it's just gonna be really cold tonight and we want to make sure you're taken care of mm. and fern says i'm gonna be okay and she's you know puts five blankets over her in the back of her van but it, I, i'm watching that in the middle of a week in which you know three quarters of the united states was frozen and you know, for a lot of people, that's typical. But for a lot of people, especially in Texas, there was huge grief and loss, a literal loss of life, but a lot of pain uh, and anxiety over what was happening this week, whether with the weather and their homes and just the ability to function and how fragile that is. Mm. That two weeks ago, I think most Texans would not have had any concern right. for a cold snap. And then we see the fragility of infrastructure in our country and 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 people's just just we spend our lives kind of trying to build up and, and protect our our homes and our families and these things and 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 we we expect the systems to work and then when they don't there's real loss and pain and grief and well texas especially has got their own grid system <laughs> which uh yeah. you know hey big ups to texas for the freedom side but yeah, it is wild, the timing of this movie drop, uh, mm -hmm. being about um, a town in, I forget the town's name. It's Empire, Nevada. Empire, Nevada, which was a coal mining town and shut down and so dispersed all the town's inhabitants to the point where the zip code doesn't exist six months later. But yep. but the the fragility of of our our little, you know, uh, ideas about how we live in in the world of like oh i live in this city it's like oh that city doesn't exist anymore it's like oh i live in texas it's hot here it's like oh this whole place yeah. was built not on the idea of snow existing yeah and now yeah. just just chaos is unleashed and and people and it's it's weird watching it in live T like real time, like Insta stories yes. and TikToks of people's roofs caving in. Yes, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's those images of people's ceilings collapsed, and those are the images that really stick with me, mm. because all of the best wisdom of these communities couldn't prepare for this, mm. because this this is not something that was going to happen. Yeah, and I, I like, like one of the things as I was watching this movie, and I I didn't realize that half or more than half the actors in this thing weren't actual actors, but people who subscribe to this lifestyle, the nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. But uh, I was reminded of a Comedians in Cars getting coffee episode where okay. Jerry Seinfeld and uh, Sebastian Maniscalco are mm -hmm. in a New York deli. And Sebastian lives in L.A. now, apparently, and... And Jerry's like, you know, you need to get back to New York. Like, you, you, come on. There's, there's, there's characters in New York. There's textures that you need in the city that feed 
comedy that's not in LA and they're in this deli and he's like I mean look at that guy's face and like it, it pans to the deli guy he's like kind of a bigger guy goofy smile and he's like look, you don't get that face in LA it's like textures man you, you need that and I kept thinking that during this movie is like oh the textures of these people is it, these yes. are not LA actors you know like really getting deep into the the role of these nomads like no these are the nomads yeah, you can throw method acting out the window. These are just these are just nomads. Yeah, and and that's why when that woman is telling that story about her possible suicide and you know her making the choice not to do it because she couldn't do that to her dogs. Yeah, yeah. There's that discomfort of the bluntness with which this is delivered, the everydayness. You're like, this doesn't feel acted. Yeah, these are no, these are it's... people's realities. Yeah, it's honestly part documentary this thing oh and that's why that's i think what was initially i mean you asked me the question of what what kind of struck me about the film and and how it hit me initially and that that i would say is what it was it was the 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 textures of the people and the stories and the um the empathy that i was constantly being drawn into throughout and then it was, I mean, and then pretty obviously the beauty of the cinematography. Yeah. And uh, had a bit of a Terrence Malick feel uh, throughout. I, I constantly was thinking about The Tree of Life, mm. uh, which is the Terrence Malick film. It's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite films of all time. And he has this kind of, kind of heavy use of just steady cam that kind of wander through homes at the magic hour and blue hour dominates yeah. nomadland yeah and that's the that's the color palette of the of this whole film and chloe Zhao, the director of nomadland i think does even some of this uh, um, uh, cinematography and camera work that it kind of evokes terrence malick there's some steady cams lingering just following fern through a nomad camp or through a redwood forest or whatever it is and um one of the things that i i thought was interesting about uh this movie is is terrence malick when his camera is kind of wandering through nature and examining it it's because terrence malick the director and his camera are interested in those things Hmm. and he doesn't really care what his characters are doing in those moments they exist in that place but they're not interested in what the camera is interested in uh, not not all the time, but you know, I, I, I think in Tree of Life, there's a lot of that, especially with the Brad Pitt character. But in this movie, she, Chloe Zhao is really interested in how Fern is existing and moving in these worlds and these places. That when she is in the California redwoods, that is a different person than when she is walking through the nomad camp, really for the first time in Arizona, and yeah. kind of just you can see in that space she's uncomfortable at first this is a new place for her all of these people and she's learning this lifestyle and that kind of that insecurity is slowly washing away and then in the redwood forest there's just awe and majesty. curiosity the majesty and she and, and fern as a character is really overcome by that and when she's on the coast uh, of California and the waves are coming and there's all this rain and she's just overcome by that and and both director and character are are just absolutely the whole the whole film is uh, in awe of of this country and the, the the American West the tie-in is interesting that George Saunders got brought up earlier because he talks about this idea in his writing of third person ventriloquism which is mm. the third person narrator whose voice uh, reflects what's going on in the story or the character that they're describing. And so if the third person narrator is describing a character who's, you know, a little more passive or shy, the the description of that character reflects that. And like the voice mm-hmm. of the narrator shifts yes. based on that. And it, it, it feels like a similar parallel or, yeah. or, you know, comparison in this movie of that the narrator reflecting in those moments of like okay we're gonna we're gonna feel like this for a bit now and it's interesting because there's because there's some really clear choices about these things too that that it's not a consistent it's not a consistent uh uh, directorial approach throughout the movie yes 
Is it, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, totally. Like like um, the Amazons or the uh, I, I'm not sure specifically what it is when she's talking to that woman that says, "Hey, you should probably just retire early." But oh, but yeah. the coldness, the desaturation, yes. the darkness in, in, in those scenes, you know, versus yeah, versus when she's able to reflect and and be in awe and and actually enjoy nature versus when she's just trying to survive nature and there's constant yeah. cold tones and and ice yes. and things that would lead to death. Yeah, and 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 it's really just yeah, it, it works for me throughout. Um, that in any given moment, though there may not be dialogue guiding you, it's it is not hard to figure out how, what this character is thinking and feeling, and that is, that's dependent on an incredible central performance. Mm. But also yeah, she's insane. She's insane. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's that Francis. performance and and uh, Chloe Zhao's decisions as a director and how she is um, shooting this and and what she's choosing to include. Um, really, just all of that really works together. Um, and and I think all of that's pretty striking as you see it for the first time. And then the more that I considered the movie, um, the more that I thought about it today, I, the more I've grown to really love this one. Mm. Um, well, yeah, and I, and I, oh, sorry, finish, finish. Oh, go ahead. Cause, cause I think that sounds like how you were at, you were struck by it just because, yeah, because of how it's made and there's, there's a craft here, but it sounds like it's grown in your estimation over the last 24 hours. Yeah. Well, it's funny cause I've been doing this new thing where I get up at 5am, um, yeah. to get some work done before my son gets up at around closer to seven. And so Fridays, I watch this movie. We watch the movie after our family goes to bed. Movies while they sleep. Uh, our premise is strong, but so but come ten ten thirty, and this type of movie is on. I am falling asleep, which I I definitely fell asleep during this movie. Um, I'll be honest with you, viewers. You know, I'm not um, I'm I'm not virtuous in my movie watching always. But what that did do is I rewatched the second half. And like rewatch a bit of what I'd already seen, and uh, I was just trying to like get a grasp of what I actually felt about the movie because I, I I started to to have a sense of not hatred but disdain for this thing, um, on, but on the second viewing, but also like initially because it it kind of reminded me of the loneliness of mm. this year. And and, and yes. even outside of this year, but uh, I would the, there's some specific moments like uh, there's a scene where she I think it's the first time she um, is hanging in that the nomad camp and she's yeah. learning about the lifestyle and she's making friends and then um, the majority of people pack up and take off and she's kind of the last one there and in a weird way it reminded me of like Mexico youth trips back in the day hmm. and it's like oh you had this week with these people and they're all sitting in lawn chairs around a campfire and you're like meeting strangers and, and connecting and it's like oh one by one everyone kind of fades away both literally and kind of in your memory and a lot of the movie for me was about yeah that fading memory of a person and so when that memory's gone that person's gone forever hmm. you know and uh, I don't know why it, it, it like the reason I ended up giving this movie such a positive review and and even now reflecting of, OK, I this meant something to me is yeah. because it, it so deeply penetrated that feeling of loneliness mm -hmm. and and fading that I, I'm not happy to face or look look in the wow. eye, you know. I, I this I love that we're doing this. I love that we are having this conversation because these are not the things that I was thinking about while watching this movie. Mm. I was not thinking about the fleeting nature of life, which is there. It's in the movie. Right. That is there. The whole central premise is a town that disappeared within six months. Right. Like the town disappears, her husband disappears, and she's on the brink of herself, but also, you know, her life, which if if she she talks about if should she leave empire or or embrace a more traditional yes. lifestyle it's in a way um choosing to forget the previous life that she lived 
if she the the comment she makes if if I leave Empire it'll be like her husband never existed yeah yeah so clearly that's in the movie that was not what I was responding to resonating with but I think what was what I was really moved by um, aside from what I shared earlier I think it really connects with that because she spends the entire movie in a state of grief over the loss of these things but I think she also spends the entire movie seeking connection and and doing so in this very guarded, protective of herself way, where you look at this person and you're like, well, your your town went belly up, your husband has died, and you have you have stable extended family in the form of your sister and your brother in law. Why don't you just move in with them and start over? But but she doesn't want that. She's not interested in that. That would be an easy way for her to find connection and stability and a place and belonging and a place to process her grief. But she rejects that. Mm. And and I think part of the movie is uncovering why. Um, and then she seeks connection with these people, with the nomads. And it's this it is this funny thing. I mean, that, that you talk about the, the the rally in Arizona this week or weeks long of them coming together and all the nomads and then they sit around the fire. I mean, literally, I was having the same thoughts of Mexico mission trips and youth trips. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> a guy played guitar at a certain point, and I was like, oh, God, this is... Yes, I mean, there's like the, the bro playing guitar with three other dudes off to the side, but then they all sit around the campfire, and they're singing their form of worship songs, which was not a Christian worship song, but it was on the road again, <laughs> because that's what they're glorying in. That's, that's they're what him. They're... they're Yes, it's their hymn. That is the, they're exalting the road and the lifestyle. And so anyways, what I was saying was you, the, the, the kind of funny thing in the movie is she's seeking connection and finds it in this place and then they all disappear. They all are disconnected. And then randomly at certain points, she'll run into so-and-so again. She'll run into David again, run into Linda again in Badlands or in Nebraska or wherever it is, South Dakota. And, and, and it's these little fleeting connections that she's seeking, but you're like, well, why don't you go just live with your sister? That that's where you could just find this belonging immediately. But there's such a guardedness about it. And, and she's she is really unmoored in this movie. I, I mean, obviously, that's that's what the nomadic lifestyle is. Um, it is, it, it, and and just kind of trying to reconcile all these things. Her search for connection and rootedness with her just kind of constant rejection of it when it when it comes. Yeah. Well, that leads to I think what might be both of our favorite characters, and yes. uh, I don't. She kind of steals the show. What and I forget her name. It's Swanky. Swanky. I yeah. I want to say Swinky for some reason. Um, but do we want to get into our favorite shots and talk about Swanky a little bit? Yeah. Um, why don't you go first? Yeah. I I think that it was. I think it's soon after what we just talked about in Arizona, where the nomadic people, uh, or the the group come together and then slowly disperse and we're left with Fern and Swanky uh, left in this camp. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm feeling this heightened loneliness, this heightened uh, everything fades. The, the, you know, it's funny. I, I think I remember as a kid going to uh, a friend's house or, or a sleepover or, you know, whatever fun thing I'm looking forward to. And the first thing I would think when I got there was like, yeah, but this is just going to end in like three hours. Hmm. Like, it's great right now. But even as like a 10-year-old, I'd be like, in three hours, this is going to be a huge bummer. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so uh, we're, we're at that three hours where everyone's left and turned swanky. And um, swanky, right? I don't know why that swanky, yeah, swanky. The name just keeps throwing me. I'm like, that can't be a real okay. name. You thought this movie last week was called No Man's Land. No Man's Land. Nomad's land, nomad lands. I had it all. Yeah, you got it. I had all the plurals. Um, I'm like, please, community connection. It's got to be plural. So uh, Swanky's telling her story, and I can't remember the exact order, but eventually uh, Fern is giving her a haircut, and there's just one shot of kind of pulled back of Swanky in the middle of this dirt field 
say in a folding chair while Fern cuts her hair. And uh, for for whatever reason, that struck me the most out, mm-hmm. out of every shot in, in this thing. Mm-hmm. And part of it is like, I just got a haircut <laughs> like two weeks ago. <laughs> I, I had long hair for many years and uh, I, I just got it cut short and my my uh, barber didn't give me what quite what I was looking for. And so I had Sarah clean it up a little bit and it's pretty vulnerable getting yeah. a haircut, especially from your spouse or like for me, it's cause I like we're in our bathroom and I'm like no shirt on and she's cutting my hair. And it, it looks not good. And I'm like, uh, I feel um, very vulnerable. And yeah. I, I, I like, this is uncomfortable for me. Like, yeah. uh, so for, for these two that kind of just met and, and getting that haircut in this deserted, you know, one, once communal place, I was like, okay, this feels especially gut punchy right now of that isolation, that loneliness, that everything fades, the community, the community that you long for is constantly in an ebb and flow that you can never, uh, like state like in a stable way hold hold on to you know yeah like I, i'm the type of person that wants the death grip community and say we're yes. we're all here forever right yeah and it's like oh reminder nope yeah yeah i mean i i love the way you say that i think the movie gives us this illustration of community that is in constant flux community and connection that is in constant flux and the reality is that's that's what normal quote-unquote life and community is people are moving away transitioning in and out of jobs it doesn't happen at to the frequency and 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 heightened scale of what the nomads experience but that's what what we see in the movie is just kind of this micro version of what what connection and community is always like and we're always seeking and 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 i love that shot that you described because it is this picture of everything that is faded around them and uh and even in their relationship it's just they park their vans on opposite ends of this dirt field and swanky has a flag and when the flag's out it means don't come knocking on my van door because i'm not interested and 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 fern needs something she has a flat tire in a in a scene near that and she needs help getting a ride into town to get it all replaced and she sees the flag out so she needs the help of her community but everybody's left the one person that's left there is saying i'm not interested right now and she really goes through this hesitation moment and and then is apologetic about it and and i think like that's how we feel when we ask each other for help. Mm. I, I don't think that's that different of an experience when, when any one of us is in crisis and need help. Uh, but but it is, it's this very amplified picture of it right yeah. there in this dirt field in Arizona. Yeah, like we are, or I know for us, we are happy to offer help, but we're terrified yes. to ask for it because it's more vulnerable to ask for it. Yeah, yeah, Because when you get to give it, you're, you're the hero. Yeah, but when you're asking for yeah. it, it's like oh, I'm gonna open my chest up a little bit, and yeah, and put myself in a place where you could hurt me by saying no. Yes, yeah, and we we don't want to put ourselves in that vulnerable place. Yeah, and and that's what Fern is really uh, worried about in that moment because she needs help. Right, and she had just seen this. What seemed like, and from her. From what I gathered of watching, it's like, oh, there's something to this community, and then it's yes. dispersed again, and then it just just like yeah. the, what she just experienced in her town or her city, and yeah. yeah, it's like a it's like a fast forwarded version of Empire, like yeah. reliving oh, yeah. itself over and yes, over. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's a great point. Um, yeah, the the way that the town disappears in six months is illustrated in the way the nomad camp disappears over hours or days Mm. yeah yeah i the swanky stuff is some of my favorite in the film uh but i'll I'll share maybe a different favorite shot yeah um this is this was also one that really struck me um so this is she has kind of connected with this man david um over the course of a couple of different spots and jobs and he 
gets out of the nomad lifestyle. He his his son, his adult son, gets married and has a has a child. So he's become a grandfather, and that really changes him. And he ends up uh, really settling down with them. And it takes his the son despite his absence as a father. Yes, his own absence with his son. The son still reaches out to dad and says, "Hey, there's an open invitation. You can." You can come home. You could settle. You can lay down some roots. So David does, and Fern is hurt or disappointed when she finds this out. She's there's ambiguity there. Yeah, uh, but Fern I, but I is never obvious. Dis- What's no, going on with her? No, <laughs> yeah, but I think that's part of her protection. Yeah, I think that's part of um, that character, and and so there's some disappointment that this kind of you know not quite partner on the in the nomad life is off is off of it that he's going he's he's going home so to speak and he's given her an open invitation to come and visit and so she's making her way out to california to visit and there's this scene where she goes to the california redwoods and she's in the middle of the forest and uh she is really seems captivated by this massive fallen redwood Mm. and it's been uprooted laying there in the middle of the forest and and for me it feels like a a, an analogy or metaphor of of fern's life Mm. that she is this uprooted redwood wow and 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 she she kind of walks the length of it and and she pales in comparison it's huge yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's and and it's beautiful. The whole thing is is extraordinarily um, gorgeous, and and so we have this uprooted, fallen redwood, and that's Fern. She is absolutely uprooted. Empire is closed. Her husband is dead, and and then she walks from that up to the trunk of a of a still standing redwood, and almost like hugs this trunk, and looks up, and then the camera pans up to this thing that is just. You know, hundreds of feet tall and is this extraordinary pillar in this forest flourishing and, and it is it is yeah it is so deeply rooted and it is almost like that's really truly what fern is longing for that she is this uprooted tree and what she's longing for is something sturdy and stable and then it cuts basically from that to her going to david's family's home and entering into this family where she is warmly accepted where she is brought in and she she shares a thanksgiving meal with them they invite her to live there with them which is like just wild wild like the the, you know the, the lady who lives in her van just come live with us we've never met you um and she connects with with david again and his son and 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 the son's wife and everyone Grandson. and she's holding him she yes she holds the baby and and she remarks that she and her husband had never had kids and so she seems visibly visibly physically uncomfortable doing it but it's all these signs and markers of rootedness and and then she leaves basically gets up one morning and she's i can't Sne- handle this sneaks anymore. out before anyone wakes up yeah 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 she she and she's out and and it's again and it's part of the cyclical nature of the film is she is kind of dancing on the edge of accepting connection and community right right like do you do you interpret that as the fear of like letting something like that in again and then inevitable disappointment or 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 inevitable uh you know abandonment or dispersed like it like do you think a, a big part of her is is running full into the the nomadic life because it's the end result and consequence of the uprooting of her normal life like it's the thing she fears yeah it's this interesting thing i think about the scene with her and her sister when she stays at her sister's mm-hmm. house for a couple of days and the sister said you were always you were always like this fern as soon as you graduated high school you got out of town as fast as you could you married your husband you 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 moved to empire and everybody thought this was crazy and 
and Fern kind of says, "Oh, it's the open space that I need. Mm. It's the it's the 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 possibility of what's next that was always so attractive." And she talks about the house they had in Empire and the backyard that had a fence that opened up to endless desert to the mountains, which is the final shot of the movie, which is the final or one of the scenes, final shots. Of yeah, one of the final sequence of the film, and and she, so this is this kind of touchstone for her of it was always the possibility of what's next the wide open spaces she doesn't want to be boxed in that's what she says and and i think i think part of the film says it is really saying that i think those final scenes wouldn't exist if that wasn't true um because she relives that memory and goes to her old home and walks out the backyard through the open gate into the desert and then gets back in her van and is on the road again um but the the kind of twist in all of this is that she lived most of her life in one town in empire with her husband right right it's not that she really needed those things because she had the rootedness of this of this connection in town and community i think when she found it that was satis- that was total satisfaction total contentment I mean, the way she talks about the town is seems almost quaint. Well, we had a golf course. Right, right. And it feels almost like it almost feels the opposite of what her whole lifestyle up to this point would suggest that she wants. It's it's yes. boxed in. It sounds cookie cutter almost. Yeah, she said they lived in a in a company track home. She said nothing special. And and maybe part of it is that the fact that they lived on the edge of the neighborhood and that their backyard did open up to the desert was enough for her. And that was enough open space, enough possibility that, you know, she 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 was content and she could stay in it. But but she never leaves. She never leaves that town until ever until it until the town has literally disappeared around until her. it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, then coming to the end of this what what was your letterbox review and and what, what's your final say on this thing if you, if you had to sum it up what you got out of it and yeah yeah i my letterbox review this is a four and a half star movie uh i think this is an extraordinary movie i think what really sets it apart for me it, it, a lot of the elements we've spoken about, you, you can find these in other movies, but what sets it apart for me is that all of these things, the, 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 the absolute beauty, the central strong performance, and, and, and just the way that it moves through these themes and emotions and um, ideas, but, but in all of that, there's no sentimentality in this movie. This is not a sentimental right. movie. Right. This is, this is a melancholy movie. And I don't. I think it would be easy to make the movie about nostalgia, mm. or or it even would, to paint the picture of Fern as a hero figure, and, mm, and yes. like and like you know, corporate America as a villain. Yes, that there, there is this. It it would be really easy to draw on the nostalgia that people today are feeling when they are drawn into an idea like make America great again mm. because this is this movie is a is in a lot of ways about you know people who, with economic anxiety and 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 the, what that draws out um, you know I thought a lot about last year's Netflix documentary American Factory mm. um, about a you know American factory that closed and in, in this Midwestern town and what that did to the community and it would be really easy for the movie to, to draw on that but, but the movie is clear Empire is gone and dead and not coming back and the Fern's sister calls the nomads pioneers in the tradition of the great American Western, right? And the movie is a Western, even though it's in vans and not on horses. Right. And, and, and the sister says it in a defense of Fern. And Fern kind of bristles at this description. Like, she's not interested in this. She's not interested in the glory that that idea exactly. offers. She's not interested in being a hero. She's not interested in being this pioneering cowboy. She's interested in surviving. Mm. The only way she knows how. Right. And and so there is no sentimentality. There's no nostalgia in the movie about these things. Um, what, what we get is this kind of unvarnished, raw navigating through so many very, very challenging and complex emotions and themes. 
Um, I, I, I don't remember where I saw this, uh, but somebody had said, it's amazing to me that there's a mu- movie this beautiful that still feels like it has dirt underneath its fingernails. Mm. And I love that description because I think both both those things are held really well together in tension in, the, in this movie. Yeah. What about That's you? Um, yeah, I get four and a half too. And everyone that I follow on Letterboxd who reviewed this gave it a four and a half as well. <laughs> no one's quite pulling the trigger on the five. I, I, I do wonder about that, but go ahead. There's a zeitgeist to it for sure. Yeah. Like, all right, I can't give it a five if no one else is. But um, no, I think, I think my barometer for most movies is how much I felt during it. And I think that that's why I swayed on this one is that I felt a lot of, I don't like seeing this because it's just reminding me of my own loneliness or my own um, uh, humanity in that I'm not going to be here soon or, or the memory of me is not going to be here soon. And, and I think that they explore that theme that fading and and make me feel that uh more richly than than another than any movie i can think of off the top of my head um so yeah i gave it four and a half just because of the like reaction it elicited in me of i mm-hmm. i am i don't like seeing this and i'm yeah thinking about uh, my own fears and anxieties more than I'm used yeah. to because I'm pretty good at decompartmentalizing <laughs> like yeah like I like whether it's violence or or I don't know intense graphic material for a movie like I, yeah. I can usually hand, hang with most movies and be fine yeah and and some friends or, oh, or this hits way too close to home yeah or friends or, or like or Sarah or you know whoever who can't handle a certain level of intensity or violence or like even horror movies or whatever um, because they feel too much, you know? And this ongoing theme with me is that I, I, I'm not good at feeling deeply. Yeah. And so, yes, it just got me in a certain headspace that is a, like a testament to it for me of an, of an instant high rating. I don't know. I feel like that yeah it the it it evoked in you an extremely strong reaction yes which in, in in a way that a lot of movies not don't necessarily do right and i think part of that is it, it's funny the things that frustrated me about uh malcolm and marie our first episode of this feels to just like like a real fight isn't that entertaining to watch and like yeah. these characters don't feel like they change and um the, there's it, it's so like real that yeah it, it doesn't work well as a movie that's supposed to go on a journey and those yeah. things that frustrate me about that i apply to this and it's the exact reasons why i love this yes <laughs> it's, it, that is that is funny yeah it doesn't feel like fern changes at all it doesn't feel like there's a before and after like she conquered something or no she really learned something about herself but it's more we got plopped into her world and got to hang out with her for a year and not see a person change and kind of remind you of how hard it is for you to change. Yeah. I, like the poetry was more evident to me and I, and was felt more. Uh, well, I'll just add like, like going back to Swanky, I don't know why the thought of her, her death in this is pretty scary to me. Like this movie is scarier than a lot of movies that even aim to be scary in that yeah. uh, the the commune, the group of nomads finding out that she had passed away because she had, I think, uh, brain cancer or lung cancer. Yeah, lung cancer. Lung cancer. Um, and so she was just living out in her last days doing what she wanted to do, seeing some wild animals and going kayaking. Um, but hearing that she had passed away, this group you know, had a campfire as they do threw some rocks into the fire pit in, in remembrance of her and, and said, yeah. you know, we'll see you down the road. Or I, I don't remember the exact phrase, the kind of catchphrase of the movie, yeah. but it feels very, and that's it. And that was swanky. And now she's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, that thought and that depiction uh, of by people who 
aren't actors who live this life yeah. is, is was pretty scary to me. Yeah. It's like this can't be it, right? I, but I also had the I also had the thought too of what a miracle that they even know of or found out that she died. Right. Right. Like it, it just had me thinking about how many people's existence on this planet come and go without yes. being noticed. And that that is that is real. That's life. Yeah. Last thing I'll touch on for this movie, there's got to be some sort of cinematic universe for, between this and Fargo because one of the opening scenes, <laughs> Fern uh, goes to pee in the middle of a field and the shot, she pees by a, uh, a wire, like a, a wired fence. What's that called with the spikes? Like a, it, uh, like a bar- barbed, barbed wire. wire. And, um, yeah, barbed right off a highway. Yeah, but the angle of it and the the snow in the in the far background it hasn't hit yet, but it's coming. You can tell. I'm like, yeah. this is where they buried the money in Fargo. Simple as that. <laughs> it's the exact same shot, same same actor. I'm like, the parallels have to be drawn, in my opinion, in, in this humble reviewer's opinion. Well, I think that pretty much covers Nomadland. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Movies While They Sleep. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies While They Sleep and Twitter at MWTSPod. Be sure to subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you uh, listen to your podcasts on. And be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps boost the visibility of our podcast as people are searching for stuff, especially movie pods. And we need the boost. We need the boost. I think this was a good episode. It's a movie we both loved, I think, and uh, I think a good conversation. Yep, and next week's episode, we will be watching I Care a Lot, which is streaming on Netflix. I'm excited about this one. It looks a little more, let's say, irreverent than Nomadland. And I want to make sure to shout out our intro music was recorded by uh, and- Andy Carhall, which is a good friend of mine, and he is an amazing singer-songwriter, musician, all of the above you can find him on instagram at car hall that's c-a-r-r-h-a-l-l and uh yeah he he makes he makes and records music for podcasts video games movies and he's just a killer singer songwriter so make sure to check him out andy i love i love the music it's great it, it, it's it's perfection we, we love yeah. it Hey, thank you guys for joining us this week uh, on Movies While They Sleep. We will catch you next week for I Care A Lot. And we do. Goodbye, listeners. Bye. Boom.